Are you ready to stop the self-sabotage and create the life you desire? Well, in order for that to happen, you need to break free from the bad beliefs that are holding your success hostage. You need to optimize the stress by turning it into extra energy for success. And those hurtful habits? Well, we need to give that pain a purpose for progress. Welcome to Stop the Self-Sabotage and Create the Life You Desire podcast. I want to welcome everybody to this virtual meeting of the National Guild of Hypnotists, St. Louis chapter. And I also want to welcome my podcast listeners for Stop the Self-Sabotage and Create the Life You Desire. On these monthly get-togethers that we have, the idea is for us to share tips, tools, and techniques, not just to help our clients, but to help our listeners reach greater heights of success with less effort. And one of the ways that we're going to do that tonight is with our speaker, Angie Monko. And I have known Angie. Gosh, Angie, what's it been? It's been a long, long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. I Probably at least 10 years. Yes. For sure. Maybe 12 years. And so Angie helps women go from people-pleasing to empowered connection as a loving self-advocate. She is there so women can feel secure, confident, and influential, whether it might be in their business or if it's in the business of love and life at home. And she has a mission of creating a thriving community of women who have each other's back. And that's really important for us, right, ladies? Yes. To show up without our mask, where friendships, communication, support, love, and co- collaborations abound. All right. So her clients fear adding one more thing to their plate because they're already exhausted from trying to be, do, and have everything for everybody else. So she guides them into number one, becoming a loving self-advocate and how to show up authentically, even vulnerably, and always with kindness. Number two, to trust their own wisdom. And she will love them in this process until they can love and accept themselves. And finally, she puts it all together by allowing them to develop the confidence they need to take peaceful, productive action that moves both their life and their career and their businesses forward. So she's the owner of Harmony Harbor Coaching for 12 years. She has certifications in emotional freedom technique, hypnosis, and the healing codes. Everything she does is designed to reprogram our thinking so we can take actions aligned with empowered connections. Angie, that is a whole hoop and bunch. Thank you for presenting (laughs) for us today. And if you want to go ahead and jump right in. Sure. Um, good evening. And um, my, again, my name is Angie Monco. And, you know, I tried to really figure out what I was going to talk about tonight. And I just thought I would show up here and speak from the heart. And 
let you know a little bit about myself, just some of my history and in the hopes that what I share with you might help you in creating more empowered connections in your life. I, I call this from people pleasing to empowered connection because I work with women who notice that they people please and they really want to create this empowered connection. So what is empowered connection? Um, before I go into a little background on me, to me, when we feel empowered, we can, we can do about anything, can't we? You know, when we feel empowered and confident, we can go out and we can feel safe and supported in a community and take actions in our lives that are good for us, that are, that make us happy and fulfilled and content. And so when I talk about empowerment, it can be along any lines. It can be in business and it can be in life. And so that's what I mean by empowered, empowered. And then the connection piece is when we feel supported and that we belong in a community, that that's when we get that true authentic connection where we can show up someplace and we can just be who we are. Like we don't have to have the pretense or the, we don't have to worry about image and we can really just show up as ourselves. And that's one of my visions is to create this community where people can just go and they know other people have their back. And, and that's really, really important to me. And so why is that important to me? I want to give you this mission of creating this community and this empowered connection. So I started Harmony Harbor and it was, it was 12 years ago, actually 2007. And I always wanted to advocate for women because I grew up in a household in which my dad was very abusive. I'm going to talk about a lot of personal stuff tonight and hopefully that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but it makes it more interesting, right, Don? <laughs> um, but he, my dad was always, he was very abusive and to my mom. And of course, when a child sees their mother being abused, it affects the child very much. And so I grew up in this household in which I didn't feel that she could advocate for herself. And um, it was physical. It was emotional. It was mental. It was all levels and spiritual too. Um, and so I grew up into a woman who just really was passionate about helping other women who have felt suppressed. And, and so this would include people um, who are leaving like a high demand religion um, or gays, lesbians, uh, women who are divorcing and they, do, they don't feel very empowered. And, and so that's kind of a little bit of background of why I am so passionate about empowering women to have this kind of connection and support. And I actually married, I'm married to my second husband, Steve, and um, we're happily married. We've been married um, for 18 years now and together for 23. And prior to that, I married uh, my first husband. And sometimes, you know, we marry our parents and that's what it felt like. Um, I, I, and to this day, actually, our, we have a decent relationship, but it was very rocky at the time. He was quite a bit older than me. 
And I just felt that there was a lot of mental abuse, mental manipulation. And um, again, I can't be concerned about what he might think about that. He, he probably agrees in some ways here, but I didn't feel like I could advocate for myself. And I felt very suppressed and I couldn't speak up for what I really wanted. I lost friendships. I left my I left the church that I went to and that I actually did feel very supported in that community. I ended up leaving. And really the reason for that was that I listened to a lot of the negativity that I was receiving from him. And there were messages that they weren't true, but I listened to them and believed that I just wasn't good enough. And it it was sort of validating a lot of my low self-esteem and low self-worth that I had when I was married to him. And so I, as we were married for five years, we were together for 12 in total. And prior to um, our divorcing, because I, I, I did one out of the marriage um, when I was almost 28 years old. Uh, prior to that though, I, we had a daughter together and her name is Maddie. And I gave him, ended up giving him custody of Maddie and she wasn't even quite two years old. And, and I just remember feeling that I didn't deserve her. This is what I mean by very personal because it was an embarrassing thing for me. And there was a lot of shame around that. And, and so I felt really guilty for doing that. And like I made it up for her. I felt like I had to make that up to her for the longest time ever. And so I ended up giving him custody, felt very bad about it. And that experience shaped me. It shaped that experience actually shaped this business because at the time I just remember thinking, what is wrong with me? How could I have done that? And so what it, it was the impetus for was for me to start looking within for the answers to figure out what's wrong with me. You know, what, where did things go wrong in my childhood or what was going on? Um, I definitely felt like a victim and I, you know, there's a point to this whole story. I'm going to bring it around because I've, I've done a lot of soul searching about what I'm going to share with you, the main message of what I'm going to share. And I know I only have so many minutes. So, um, yeah, there was just, there was a lot of shame. And what I've realized that as a victim, I felt what I've learned over time is that I have this highly sensitive nature. Some people call it a highly sensitive person where our nervous systems are wired differently when we're born. And I didn't realize that at the time, I didn't realize that I was an empath and that a healer, an empath, you know, very in tuned to other people's emotions and energy. And I picked up on all of that. And a classic symptom of someone in this role who is a people pleaser is to take over responsibility for other people. And that's exactly what I did um, with my ex. You know, I remember when I was making the decision to leave, feeling that I needed to protect him over my daughter. Like she couldn't even talk that well, but I felt like I needed to protect him. It's the most bizarre thing ever, right? It doesn't make any logical sense, but then stuff like this isn't really logical. 
or rational. And so I ended up, like I said, I gave him custody and I went on a soul searching mission to figure out why, like, how could that have happened? And so I've learned some things um, at the story level. I really did feel like a victim. Like in, if you look at my life, I felt very victimized by that whole experience. Uh, and that's why, again, I'm passionate to helping people who have felt suppressed, who couldn't find their voice. And I didn't feel like I had my voice back then. And to this day, even now, I'm going to finish, I'll tell you where things have landed, but um, it's still scary to express myself. And sometimes I wonder, well, well, what will people think? Or, you know, will they judge me? That kind of thing. And so I do a lot of energy techniques to help me feel safe and help me feel protected. And, and so where this is all coming to a conclusion here is, um, what is the, what's the sweet spot? Okay. Because on, on one end of life, you know, I was feeling like this victim who was taking over responsibility, which I didn't know at the time that I was protecting him, um, instead of protecting my daughter. There's one, so one side of this is thinking that things are happening outside of us. Okay. And feeling like a victim to, to life and to whatever is happening outside of our own experience, our own inner world. So, you know, the inner experience is our thoughts, our feelings, our body sensations. That's all very personal to whatever's going on in our mind and in our heart. And for me, I felt, like I said, I felt very victimized. And it's very easy. I hear about energy vampires. Um, and I also know that you know, energy vampires are people who kind of suck the energy out of others. Okay. And so one side of me feels like as an empath, these energy vampires, we could also call them narcissists are attracted to this type of personality because the narcissist wants someone to come in and give, 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 give. And the, the empath or the highly sensitive, however you want to term this, the people pleaser is more than happy to kind of sweep in and rescue and give and give and give and give and give. So it's sort of a nice match, not really nice, but it, it does fit well as far as one wants to give energy, one wants to take energy, right? So it's a, it does seem to be a pattern that happens quite frequently. And so when I hear about energy vampires or narcissists, I always feel even more victimized and I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel like a victim. And so, you know, there's that piece of us that wants to blame things outside of us. And that's, that's where I can go when I start to think along those lines of the energy vampire. So that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is that it's important that I don't, I don't want to be a doormat either. Okay. And so I can feel like a victim. I can blame these energy vampires for where my station is in life. And the other side of it, this is the dance, you know, the, the, we, the, that I've experienced. Um, on the other side of it is feeling like, well, I want to stand up for myself. I want to speak up. I want to set a boundary for myself and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. We, we need to 
advocate for ourselves. That's what I call a loving self-advocate. And sometimes with the, the person who is more than happy to take advantage of us, we can feel as if, you know, they're more energetically forceful. That's one way to say it. Um, let me gather my thoughts here for a second. What I'm saying here is that it's important to not be a doormat and stand up to those who are energetically more forceful. We could call them a bully, right? And by setting healthy boundaries and being a loving self-advocate, we're, we're protecting ourselves in a healthy way. Okay. So where's, how do you draw that fine line, that dance between taking over responsibility and being a doormat to the people who will take advantage of that and, and standing up for ourselves and, and not over protecting. So, so here's the, here's the conclusion that I came to, to draw about all of this. We can get into an overprotective state. Okay. And when we're overprotected, we're not opening our heart and we're not loving. Okay. I'm explaining this because I have really lived this out in the last year, almost year and a half. My, my daughter, Maddie had cystic fibrosis and she passed away in October of 2018. And by the way, just to let you know about what happened with her and the story very briefly, I ended up fighting for her it when she was 11 years old. So I did get her back. She moved back in with me when she was 13, but it took 11 years, you know, for that to happen. And, and it was wonderful. And it, you know, I was so happy that she could do that. Um, but then things, you know, the twist of fate, destiny or whatever. And, um, she ended up passing away when she was 22 years old. And as you can imagine, I carried a lot of, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame around that because I felt like had I stood up for her when she was younger and she lived with me the whole time, that maybe she would have had less health issues. Okay. Because our emotions affect the body and, you know, all of that guilt and all of that shame. And so after she passed, I've gone into a sort of a self-protective and more of a self-protective mode. And again, I don't want to live like that. I don't want to isolate myself and feel that out there is not safe, that I need to protect myself from all of that. So this is the, the, the dance, you know, it's like, how can I advocate for myself and how can I set healthy boundaries for myself, but not be overly rigid in the boundaries, because when we overprotect, that can almost look like a narcissist, right? Um, because we're so needing to protect ourselves that we become self-absorbed in a sense. And again, I don't want that to happen for me in my experience, but it can. Like I see, I see it with people where we can isolate and self-protect and then make it all about ourselves. Because when we're in self-protection, we can't really be as giving and of, of service to other people. I hope this is making sense. So what I've concluded here, just to kind of wrap this up here, is that, uh, you know, there are healthy boundaries and there are unhealthy boundaries. And the more that we love and accept ourselves, 
the more that we will advocate for ourselves in a loving, kind way, but in a firm way, not in a doormat kind of way. And, and so not overprotecting our heart and, but yet also having a healthy skinned boundary. So rigid boundaries equal overprotection. The, the thin skinned boundaries look like a doormat. So that middle ground of really advocating for myself, loving and accepting myself where I'm at. And that is what I call empowered connection, empowered connection with myself first and then with others. Um, so to conclude, um, this last year has been very painful for me and without Maddie, because we were very, very close and very connected and, and I'm aware of it. And I'm still continuing to open my heart. Like doing this talk is a way of opening my heart despite outer circumstances. And I will also say that from a business standpoint, this last year, very strange, um, I, have done very well with my business income wise and all of that. And one of my best years ever. And what's ironic is that I really didn't care. <laughs> I really didn't try. And what was interesting is that I created my character, created this story of um, some prosperity here in this last year with ease and grace, because the other time that I did as well as I did this year, I was humping it. Like I was working my butt off. And it wasn't very much fun. And so this year I was relaxed. I didn't network at all, hardly at all. I quit my BNI group. And um, so it's been very interesting, you know, the, the peril, uh, the diversity, you know, uh, of how things have unfolded for me. So um, I think that's all for now. So I, I thank you so much for listening. And if you guys have any questions, um, be glad to, Take some. <laughs> yes. So if anyone, I, I muted everybody during the talk. So if you want to unmute yourself, if you have a question for Angie, because she has a, a couple more minutes, she's going to be able to spend with us. And then she's got another group that she needs to be a part of. But um, so Angie, the, the one question I have for you would be, how would you help someone maybe utilizing hypnosis to be able to still be open and yet, you know, they're open for progress, but like you said, they're no longer a doormat. They're now also protecting themselves. What technique might you use to be able to assist them with that? There are all sorts of um, scripts that I think for empowerment, you know, that mm -hmm. help people to empower their self-esteem to know that they're lovable and capable despite what's going on outside of them. And what I love about hypnosis is that it does start to reprogram our heart and our mind, our subconscious. I say the heart is like AKA subconscious. Right. And when we start to see ourselves through a different lens like that, we, everything changes. Like we start to feel worthy of receiving our good. And so hypnosis is a beautiful technique to really bypass that ego mind that says, you know, that can analyze things to death and keep us stuck in a state of, of being a doormat. So mm -hmm. hypnosis allows us to bypass that and really work on the area of our heart and mind because that's what's driving so much of our results, probably 90% or more of our 
of our results and how we're showing up. So scripts for empowerment is what I would use for that. Is that does that answer your question, Don? Sure does. I also have one more question before you jump off. Yeah. So if someone wanted to reach out to you and wanted more information, how are they going to get a hold of you? Um, they can go to my email, Angie at HarmonyHarbor.com. Angie at Harmony, H-A-R-M-O-N-Y, Harbor, H-A-R-B-O-R.com. That'd probably be the best way. Or they can call me. Um, I don't mind putting my phone. It's 314-422-6520. 314-422-6520. And my website is HarmonyHarbor.com. HarmonyHarbor.com. And I can stay on a few more minutes. It's okay. okay. Like, if anybody has questions, I'm not that big of a rush. <laughs> okay. So opening it up to see if anybody else has questions for Angie. Um, okay. And since you're going to stay on a couple of more minutes. Yeah. What, when you're working with a woman who has been denied who she is, mm -hmm. you were talking about sexual expression. Um, or it's the love that she has and it's being perverted to someone else's pain, or maybe their spiritual uh, path. And mm -hmm. when they've been denied being able to share who they are authentically, when they come in to work with you, I'm sure this is not a one hit wonder where, oh, we're gonna, we're going to do this all at once and then you're going to leave and everything is going to be phenomenal. So, so what's the timeline? Because I know we have other hypnotists that are going to be listening to this that are going to be going, okay, well, if it were me working with a client or if it was Angie working with me, what mm -hmm. can I kind of expect as far as when am I going to see results? Yes. Um, good question. You know, they can see results right away. Um, usually the first session, they're going to start to see a shift in how they show up and everybody's different. You know, everybody's got a different timeline, but to me, this is not a short term fix and it could take eight sessions. Um, I mean, just, that's just a, you know, throwing it out there. If we just stuck strictly on this whole people pleasing thing and rewiring that self-esteem, that self-worth, because I mean, that's a broad, that's a broad thing. There's a lot that's underneath that. So it would really depend on the person. I, my practice, I focus on long-term relationship. And so like if, if we work on one area, a lot of times they'll shift to another area. So for me, I, I do build that long-term relationship in, and as long as they're receiving good results and getting empowered, a lot of times they're fine with that. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much. You're for, welcome. For I know this wasn't your typical NGH talk. I know it was no, but this is This is what we need, okay? Yeah. Because this, this is the real-life examples of what we're dealing with, mm -hmm. and the, the best if we're going to call ourselves a healer, the best healer has been the one who's learned how to move through the hurt themselves. Right. Right. I don't think there's anybody in our group who goes, Oh yeah, I've read about this in a book. That's <laughs> you know, right. Right. We've got our, 
all of our own areas of expertise because we've learned to turn the pain into progress. Right. That's true. Yeah. So, no, this is exactly what we needed to hear. Okay, cool. Yes. No okay. other questions? All right. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Angie. Thank you so much. Welcome. All right. So Angie had talked, uh, uh, she had touched on a couple of things as far as putting them in an area of protection. You know, one of the things that we can all do whenever we're working with our clients is we can utilize a script. It's actually called the bubble of protection. I cannot tell you who the author is. I'm sure you'd be able to Google it online. Um, but it talks about them feeling phenomenal inside and then you increase that experience like rays of the sun and it actually spreads out to beyond their body. And then as it spreads beyond the physical confines, it actually creates this bubble that fills with them at their very best. And then they can use that as a filter to keep out other people's BS, which stands for belief systems, keep out other people's BS and just be filled with who they are. And then that can be set up as an authoritative post-hypnotic that something whenever they feel like they're in a situation where someone else is going to try to pervert their progress to what the other person wants, they can utilize their bubble and they can experience the person without having the emotional impact for that person. So just throwing that out there, that that is a technique that you can use during your hypnosis sessions, or maybe if you're like me, self-hypnosis <laughs> um, to be able to assist me whenever I'm having to deal with people that aren't necessarily agreeing with my values. Okay. So this is the time now when we're going to open it up. We want to hear about what's going on in your life as far as what are you celebrating. Uh, if you have any questions about working with clients, I know I had another therapist uh, who's also a hypnotist send in a question that I'm going to address. So going to get it started off. And Rachel, it is so great to see you. It's so great to be here. We finally got it all working. <laughs> finally. <laughs> so um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, sure can. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm, uh, there's my boyfriend, Techie, in the background. Um, and I, basically, he's, he's big into streaming. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of Twitch. It's, it's a big streaming platform. And he's like, you know, I think you need to do something with your hypnosis because I wasn't really doing anything with it. And I just, I, I need to, I was doing my self-hypnosis, but that was it. I wasn't helping anybody else. And, um, and he's like, I really think there's something to this. I think you should do something with this. And I'm like, well, there's my IFO is, you know, just a quick, you know, session every week. And then I don't have to worry about sending people because I've had a problem with my files, like sending them the, the 15 minute hypnosis session, whatever. So this allows me to just do, you know, to a wide, much wider audience and just do basic, you know, like body scans and just help them kind of relax and generic ones. And then if they want to contact me for a session, they can do that. But this is a new thing I'm doing. I'm so excited about it. I am the only Twitch streamer in the entire world that's streaming hypnosis sessions okay, on this platform. So 
because this recording is going to be going out to a lot of people, not only other certified hypnotists, but Rachel, this is also part of my Stop the Self-Sabotage and Create the Life You Desire podcast. Oh, so, cool. <laughs> so nice. if you won't bring up something like that, you better be telling these people how they can get a <laughs> hold of you on Twitch. Okay. Um, well, actually, uh, there's a link to it on my Facebook, my Hefner Hypnosis Facebook page. So um, it's Hefner Hypnosis. That's H-E-F-F-N-E-R. And then the word hypnosis, it's on Facebook. You can find me there. I've got a link to it. And it's um, it's like Twitch TV, Twitch, something like that. Um, yeah, there's a link to it. And um, and there's there's two videos. We've done this two weeks so far. And then we're going to upload those onto YouTube. So we'll also have a YouTube channel because Twitch deletes the videos after two weeks. So um, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. So if somebody wants to do that, then that's, uh, that's where the link can be found. And I'm also going to put it on my website, hefnerhypnosis.com. So this is brand new, just getting it all, all worked out. And it's so exciting. <laughs> it is. How good for you. You know, that's what we love to see is that hypnotists getting out there and going, number one, how can I serve others in a greater aspect? One to many, because we already know, Rachel, we don't have enough time just to serve people one at a time. Right, right. But then because of you putting out this irresistible free offer for people who aren't used to the term IFO that she used, but this irresistible free offer, uh, Rachel, you're, you're putting it out there. It also allows them to sample you and exactly. make sure that you're a good fit before they decide yes. to take the next step. Well, and also, you know, the more you do hypnosis, we all know, those certified hypnotists know, the deeper and the faster you go. So the more I can get people to do a session with me, especially if it's one every week, you know, it's a different one. And so because I've, I, I feel like all of us have kind of been in the rut where I listen to one recording and I'm like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm about to take a breath here. Oh, and I'm going to cough here. And I have to keep recording my session. And it's frustrating. So it's, it's nice to have just a fresh one every week. They can listen to a couple times and then they get better doing the session. And so whenever they do see a hypnotist, their, you know, their mind knows exactly where to go. Um, another point I wanted to make, this is another celebration with this whole process, is this is encouraging me to write my own scripts, because I'm not exactly sure, like, which ones I'm allowed to use, because this is going, this is streaming all over the world. So I'm kind of, I'm pushing me to write my own scripts. And, and that's really exciting, too, because I'm getting better at, you know, thinking about, well, okay, these words, this certain phrase, like walk them through this. And this is, I just know how those things work. So I know kind of how to put a script together and I'm getting better at that. So that's, it's just really exciting. It's pushing me to help more people, but pushing me to get better at what I do for myself and everybody else. So and that's exactly what a client wants to experience. Somebody that their own mentor and guide who is stepping outside of their comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Because, oh, yes. Yeah. Because uh, I, I know I don't want to work with someone who's not walking the talk. Yes. Very true. Mm -hmm. so congratulations. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Eric, do you have anything right now that you would uh, like to share as a, a celebration? And Eric, I'll, I'll actually unmute you. Okay. Okay. All right, so you're on. I, um, I've identified three um, multi-day opportunities that I would like to take advantage of 
during the next six months or so, um, and I, I am confessing that I'll make at least two of the three. I'll certainly do the Heartland again in March. I've made every one. But Richard Nongard's group is having their winter conference in um, Las Vegas, February 17th, 18th, and 19th. And I put it on my calendar. I have not had anything um, um, resembling a vacation since August of 2015, as my late daughter would say, um, Dad, that is such a first world problem. And I (laughs) that's okay because I live in the first world. Um, I'm not going to have third world world problems, thank goodness. But I figure this would be an opportunity to combine business and pleasure. It is very reasonably priced. Um, um, It's something like early bird special, which means I'd have to paid before February 1st, it's something like $329, maybe $375, something like that. They have um, a discount on the rooms, which is reasonable. It's not a five-star hotel, but it um, looks clean based on the website. So I am, I blocked it off on my calendar. I'm going to try to arrange some things on my calendar so I can um, let somebody else handle certain responsibilities and go to that. And Rich Guzzi is having a three-day conference on forensic hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And to look at the syllabus, um, it's exactly what I want to do, right? the combination of hypnosis and the law. And looking at what they'll be covering, it almost... Um, looks like a trial practice continuing legal education course as a hypnosis training session. So I am looking forward to that. I, um, my paralegal has, is going through a slow period in terms of I'm not feeding her enough work. And I have um, commissioned her to help me become the United States leading authority on the intersection of law and hypnosis um, by getting as many legal publications that deals with that as possible for me, which basically just means doing word searches on Google and and, um, playing detective, as I call it, slash research. So I'm excited over that. I'm still doing my usual reading hypnosis books and um, PDFs and the like about an hour a night before I go to bed. It's better than watching my usual bang bang shoot em up programs before I try to go to sleep. Right. So I am um, very excited about what the future holds in store. I really like the idea of the intersection of hypnosis and law. That's great. Well, Eric. thank you. Um, and you know, the National Guild of Hypnotists has a lot of information on that. Um, I spent about an hour and a half doing research, um, fun research, of course, um, yesterday on this, and I can give you the um, I can give you the Reader's Digest version of what the law in Missouri is. Unfortunately, 
there's a 1985 case that basically says that hypnosis in Missouri cannot be used to refresh a witness's recollection. Um, and, of course, I disagree with that. I mean, it took 45 minutes for me to find that, and I spent 45 minutes after that trying to disprove it. But the law is clear in Missouri. Right. Um, now, and basically they say that, um, to put it delicately, and we don't want to hear this, but there is too much um, disagreement among the professionals about the reliability of hypnotism. And our profession has not been helped by all of the false memories that some of the unscrupulous people uh, put in. Other states are more liberal. Other states, um, it goes strictly to jury credibility. In other words, the, the jury decides how much credence to put on it. Other states have about six things that you have to do, like record the session and make the session available to the other attorney. But Missouri basically says, um, no, you cannot use it to refresh recollections. Now, fortunately, I never intended to do that anyway. My goal was never to be the type of hypnotist that hypnotizes a witness so that they can, they can remember the bank robber's car's license plates. Right. The... Lawsuits where attorneys, not hypnotists, but attorneys have gotten in a lot of trouble. In other words, testimony being stricken by judges has to do with enhancing memory. And right. my goal was not to do that. My goal was to just get people to relax so that they can testify better. And I'm hoping that my... Um, um, stick is that if you bring me in as a co-counsel, anything that I do with your client is going to be protected by attorney-client privilege. And while I want our profession to grow, if an attorney brings me on as a coach, as a um, trainer, as an expert, and if she or he objects to the use of the term hypnosis, my response will be, I will call it whatever you want it to be called. <laughs> I will call it neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. I will call it guided meditation. I will call it psychology. I will call it trial prep. And quite frankly, I see myself doing covert hypnosis, i.e. conversational hypnosis i.e. hypnosis without the induction. So right. I'm not trying to get people to uh, necessarily go into a trance. I just want them to relax and vividly remember everything that we worked on using the hypnotic process. Very good. Yeah, because we have to remember what is hypnosis really? Hypnosis is simply a state of heightened suggestibility. And, That's and exactly so, right. Yeah, and so we want our clients to be suggestible, to ease into success, that they don't have to make success hard. So whether it's working with Angie on um, the, the self-empowerment 
or Rachel working with her clients or you working with trial clients, we're all going for the same end result, which is we don't have to make life so flipping hard to be able to get the results that we want. And that when we are true to ourselves, when we turn on our brilliance, it makes it easier for us as well as everybody else. So good job, Eric. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, the, the celebration that I'm going to share is that uh, I will be one of the presenters at the National Guild of Hypnotists uh, conference in August. And I will be putting on a class called From Wounded to Wealth, the Three-Step Hypnosis System to Achieve Rapid Results for Your Clients. So going to be teaching you a very three a very simple three-step process to go from pain to progress. Okay. Um, now we're going to move into talking a little bit about um, uh, whenever you experience a challenge with a client. And so I had a therapist. I think he might be a licensed clinical social worker, but I'm not quite sure. I know he's some sort of certified therapist who also uses hypnosis with his clients. And um, uh, he has a client who has been diagnosed with severe OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. We know that one of the techniques we can utilize in hypnosis is taking someone back to the uh, origination of the imprint. And the imprint is simply the habit and pattern that's being run. So going back to the point in time when it first started and seeing if there's a way that you can reframe that situation for your client to where the habit and pattern that they developed to help them cope that's now holding them back can actually be upgraded to something that's going to assist them. This therapist's question was he had hypnotized his client twice. He had used Aaron's depth scale to test for the appropriate level of hypnosis to do this type of regression work. And yet whenever he asked the client to go back to the time when that problem first started, the client didn't have anywhere to go. Nothing came back. And so the therapist was asking my input as far as what's up. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to share three different possibilities. The first one would come from uh, retired uh, uh, Texas Ranger who actually started the use of hypnosis in the state of Texas in criminal investigations. Um, uh, I believe it's uh, Mr. Howell or retired detective Howell. And he uh, reminds us the mind cannot recall what it did not experience. So it could be that our therapist is thinking that there's one point that this habit and pattern started and there's not. There's multiple points where it came about. 
And so we can't take a client back to, well, when did this start? If it was something that, that developed over time. So you've got that to consider. Then we have um, uh, psychologist, Dr. Yepko. No, excuse me, I believe he's a psychiatrist. Dr. Yepko, who is phenomenal as far as his investigating using hypnosis for rapid results with clients who have diagnosed conditions. And he says that if a client experiences what's known as hypnotic phenomena, which is their internal experience during the session, if they are of what's known as amnesia prone, amnesia prone has a tendency to forget things because remembering them hurts. So he, the, if you're dealing with an amnesia prone client, you're not going to be able to take them back to the original imprint because it hurts too much. And we know the mind will move into protection, even if it's in a dysfunctional way. The last piece is what I'm going to cover, which is what I have discovered is that sometimes clients are going, I don't want to go back to the past. I just want to know how to move forward. Give me some progress. What am I supposed to do with this habit and pattern? If, if, if I can't get rid of it, it's not believable for me to release it right away. How can I begin to use it to where it's actually going to benefit me? And that really requires us to be a high-level hypnotist to look at a bad habit like OCD and say, okay, what is it about this habit that actually holds seeds of magnificence and how can we turn it on for our client and being able to guide them that way. So my recommendation for the therapist was to ask questions in the next session. So set up idiomotor response. And for those listening who are not familiar with idiomotor response, it is the ability to answer questions in a hypnotic state using single si signals, just as raising the finger, like um, yes is raising the index finger, no is raising the pinky finger, I'm not sure, or I do not want to share raising the thumb. And then asking a series of questions such as, has this habit done something to help protect you? Now, if the answer is yes, you would go along with the lines of, of course, your mind's only going to do things that are going to protect you. But now, does your powerful mind understand this habit is no longer protecting you? It's causing you pain. And is it willing to release this pain for progress? And getting compliance on these questions, actually using pyramiding, Ask the easy questions first, then lead into the more complex. Um, if the answer is no, I am not using this habit for protection, then you answer back, well, of course not. Your mind would never do anything to hold you back. So that way it'll be easy to begin to release this unwanted, unneeded way of responding because what may have been needed once in our life is no, no longer needed now. And then move into some sort of progression where the symptoms are minimized, but what they're getting out of the symptoms, how 
um, as I said, that, that seeds of magnificence and brilliance, how those can be planted now to actually bring that person out at their very best. So I'm gonna open it up and see if anybody else has any suggestions on what you would give that therapist as far as how to handle this client. Or might you have any questions on what I um, recommended that the therapist do? Okay. <laughs> I thought you were quite thorough. <laughs> So, <laughs> so now opening it up, what questions or comments might you have on working with a client, working with a, a certain uh, area or challenge, um, questions about your own practice for yourself, or maybe getting the word out there on building your business? What do you think you need to know to optimize this experience tonight? I wish I would have brought questions with me. <laughs> you will be prepared next time. I will. <laughs> Something well, I don't so much have a question as much as I appreciated Rachel's um, reference to um, that platform, which I had never heard of before. I did go to her Facebook page and I liked it. And I also looked at the very impressive um, website. But um, my Achilles heel that I'll get worked out when I decide what I want to be when I grow up is basically um, electronic mediums, whether it's YouTube, um, or one of the other outlets that are out there. That's definitely an opportunity for growth for me. Yes. But when, when you see the platforms as simply a megaphone to get the message out there that people really can turn their dreams into reality, Eric, then you decide, okay, which one seems to be the best fit? Now you've got someone like Rachel, who's on the cutting edge. Yes. And then you got me, a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more. Okay, um, it, how easy is this going to be for me to learn? And so um, that, you just look at it as a megaphone and is it one that you want to be able to use to get your message out there? I agree. Which, uh, go ahead. Which, which brings me up to this point. Um, brand new year, 2020, we had tw uh, the year of clarity and vision, get it, 2020. Um, but something I want everybody listening to this that's in business for themselves to keep in mind, this is also an election year. And we know that things can get a little um, ugly once you get closer to the election. If you wanna be able to assist people in being able to optimize the emotions that come their way, because the mudslinging is not gonna go away. It's what, I was working with a client today who said, oh my gosh, I've been through so much shit in my life. 
And I go, that's wonderful. Now we just need to package it in little bags of manure that other people can use for their garden of growth because it's the same thing. The emotions and the triggers aren't gonna go away. It's what we do with them. It's how we optimize them. Instead of being used by our emotions, we use them as extra energy to get more done with less effort. If you're going to be assisting people in the, this year of 2020, you need to get the word out now between now and the beginning of summer, because if you wait to after that, people are gonna have a lot of noise going on that's negative, and it's gonna be harder and it's gonna take longer for them to hear your message. So the closer we get to the elections, the less people are going to be able to hear you unless you've established yourself now. So that's the idea is to say, what is it I can do now that whenever then the fall comes along, I don't see a dip in my business because I wasn't prepared. Any questions on that? All righty. I did want to say one thing, Dawn. I, uh, I looked up the actual link so that if somebody doesn't, is not able to access Facebook to get to my page to find it. Um, it's twitch.tv, and that's T-W-I-T-C-H dot TV slash Cheap Trick Conjurers. We're big Lord of the Rings fans, and <laughs> Gandalf has a line, I'm not a conjurer of cheap tricks, and that's like our favorite thing. So twitch.tv slash Cheap Trick Conjurers, if, if people <laughs> want to look that up. Just wanted to put that up there. <laughs> that shows the difference in our ages, because you're going Gandalf, and I'm going Cheap <laughs> The band. The band. <laughs> yeah, not the band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we begin to conclude, I would like to hear one of your ahas that you're taking from anything that we covered tonight, whether it was Angie presenting or Rachel, you, you sharing, Eric, you letting us know um, about the laws. So anything that you took on tonight that you're like, you know what? I want to be able to use this, focus on it, and allow it to support me over the coming days and weeks until we get together again. So what was one of your ahas, Rachel? Um, when Angie was talking about how her ex, she, she felt responsible for taking care of him. I started kind of tearing up because, oh, I've been there. Um, I had an ex. We broke up uh, actually a year ago this month, and we were together nine years. And it took a lot of, you know, my current boyfriend being like, okay, separate. You're not, you're not a mother. You're not his mother. You don't have to hold him by the hand. And it's, you know, with her saying that I, for so long, you know, I felt like, well, why can't I just figure this out? Why am I the only one? I'm not the only one. And she's like, you know, I realized I'm an empath. And I, she, a lot of things that she said absolutely resonated with me. And I kept getting all teary eyed. And I was like, Rachel, stop, stop. Like, it's just, it's nice to, to feel like not the only one. And, and even that small little realization can make a huge difference just because like she was saying, you know, we tend to be stuck in our, or get down on ourselves or, you know, I can't remember how she put it, but it's like, I do that a lot because I feel like, oh, I'm the only one who has this kind of thought. 
I'm not. And I feel like a lot of us, I feel like that message needs to be shared even louder because a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm the only one who thinks this. And then they just, they diminish themselves because of that. And it's like, that's a human experience. So I I don't know. I just, I felt, um, I hope she watches this again and can see this, but she, she made me tear up and thank you, Angie, for saying the things that you did. Cause that it meant a lot to me. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Eric, what is one of your ahas from tonight? Um, well, that I have a long way to go to stop being an analog person in a digital age. And I'm committed to up my game in that regard. Eric, I love to hear that because we can use you out on the digital platforms, okay? <laughs> okay. Thanks. I have to remind myself that perfection is the enemy of good. I, I, I don't need to go into a studio to do this. I can start off with my home cam, cam, camcorder and just um, delete the bad stuff as I produce better and better, um, technically superior product. There you go. And you just gave me my aha. Perfection is the enemy of good. <laughs> I like that. Go. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I look forward to seeing all of you again at our next virtual meeting. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, Eric, if, if you come to Las Vegas, I live in Las Vegas. So if you come for oh, the, okay. uh, the I, I'm not doing the solid gold weekend, but if you do come, I would love to, to you know, meet up and, you know, have a drink or a, a meal or something. So just try to contact me. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, everybody. Have a great rest of your, your evening. You too. Thank you so much. Hello, Drew. <laughs> and thanks for facilitating this. Yes, Bye. thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Becoming a healingpreneur. Could that be you? It's not just a career. It is a calling to help people peel back the layers so they can move into progress of their brilliance and their magnificence. If this could potentially be you, then I want to let you know, I am offering you the ability to train with me privately at the group investment. I only have room right now for one person to be able to do this over the summer. We're going to take a look at our schedules and we're going to fit training to where it, it's a good fit for you as well as what I have open. Uh, and you can take up to three months, not only to train, but up to three months to take care of your investment. But again, I only have an opening for one. Why is this? Because my trainings that I do, uh, it, even on the advanced side, are a little bit lighter over the summer. So it creates space. And that might be a space and a place that is waiting for you. So this is what I'd like you to do. Go to dawnlandrum.com. Uh, click on the tab, become a certified hypnotist, see everything that is offered there. Uh, again, it is at the group rate that you will be training with me privately. 
and then reach out to me. There's going to be a button that shows up on the bottom where we can have a phone call. And let's make sure that this and myself are the right fit for you. So healingpreneur, is that your calling?